Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Well, I am excited to be here today. It's Friday. It's February 24th. And uh, not the least of which, my son, our son, uh, is getting married a week from tomorrow in San Francisco. So we're jumping on an airplane Tuesday. God willing, we'll get there. And it's going to be an awesome week. So I'll be gone uh, for a bunch of days. So I'll let you know about that on Monday in terms of what's coming up. But uh, the other thing today, a more urgently is the fact that Jesus Revolution has finally opened nationwide. So it's on screens across the country, about 3,000 screens. So odds are pretty good that you can go see it near you. And uh, it's uh, just getting great reviews all over the place. People are loving this movie. It's the best. It's the most well done Christian movie we've seen since Passion of the Christ. Had a great budget. It's an incredible story. It's a true story. And based on what we've seen recently at uh, Asbury University in Kentucky and now some other schools around the country, wouldn't it be nice to see another Jesus movement, another Jesus revolution uh, across the country? And boy, do we need that. Uh, And not primarily for the sake of the little K kingdom known as the United States of America, but for the big K kingdom and to bring people into a right relationship with their creator and just to see Jesus's name high and lifted up. So Jesus revolution all across the nation uh, open today. So just get out there as soon as you can and support it. You'll be blessed. There's a lot of fruit on that tree. But our good friend Stu Epperson Jr., the founder and president of the Truth Radio Network, had a chance to see it with a bunch of young folks the other day. Stu, baby, how are you, man? Steve, I'm great. What a movie. I'm so glad you mentioned the Asbury Revival because this the timing of, of that and then this movie coming out, it was a special moment watching that movie. A lot of tears and just a lot of laughter. I'm telling you, you, you folks, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you got to go check it out. Yeah, it's... Uh... I'm glad you mentioned the laughter. There there are a lot of funny moments in there. It's an incredibly well-done movie. So it's very enjoyable from that perspective. The music's incredible, especially if you're a young guy like you or, or my age or older. You're going to recognize a lot of that music from the time period. But the message, of course, and a lot of people, a lot of the mainstream media, secular media that have been talking to people like Kelsey Grammer, Stu, didn't even know that the Jesus Revolution was real, that it happened. They didn't know anything about Chuck Smith. It's just amazing how little people know. But how inspiring is that to think about another Jesus Revolution coming our way? Well, it's inspiring. It's a, it's our prayer. And I'm going to tell you, Kelsey Grammer on Ryan Kelly last week, when they asked the first question about the movie, he couldn't even talk. He just yeah. peered up after they showed a little clip. There's just something powerful. Okay, there's something powerful about seeing people come to faith in Christ. And you see, this is this whole movie. It's the heart of Greg Laurie. It's the heart of, of, of the Savior, you know, the way of the Master. And, you know, Steve, you and I have been talking about Christian movies a long time, and we get that kind of, oh no, kind of nod off, yawn, when someone else comes along and says, hey, here's a Christian movie, because we're thinking, okay, it's going to have, you know, hopefully some good scripture and some good content, but it's, it might be boring or might have bad effects. Well, this movie hit it out of the park. There's a there's an excellence to this movie, so well done. 
that even made me uncomfortable, you know, in my, in my stiff self-righteousness. And I think yeah. there's, there's a message for believers, and, there's, and, and everyone's listening to say, well, I don't know if I have time, I got this, that. Look, go take someone to this movie, for Pete's sake. Go take, go take an unsafe friend. Go take a family member. Go, go take someone that needs revival in their life. Let me tell you how you find revival. Bring someone to Jesus. Oh, my. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. Okay, that person's now heading to heaven, and they were on their way careening to hell. And this is this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. My favorite line in the whole movie, and I want to I don't want to you know give a spoiler is is when when the guy said hippies are getting saved. And the amazing thing about that is no one ever thought hippies could be saved. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I'm a hippie, Steve. You're a hippie, buddy. We, you know. Who are we? We're all sinners, and so you yeah. have we categorize all oh, those people. They're, they're they're confused with gender stuff, and all oh, these guys over here. Oh man, they're messed up. And look at those tattoos. Don't let them come in here. And this movie just tears those walls down, but not doesn't change the scriptures. Doesn't mm-hmm. change who Jesus is. Doesn't change why he came. He came to seek and save the lost. What it does is it exposes all of us to our desperate need for the Savior, and when you connect with Him, everything changes. Yeah. That's why this Jesus revolution is, I mean, it is, it, it is something, man. I'm just, I'm so excited. We were, we were with a, a chock-full movie theater uh, last, or two nights ago with the whole, the whole Calvary Day School. We sold it out. I mean, we, we opened it, we, we helped, Truth Network helped sponsor the theater, and there wasn't a seat empty, and I mean, the kids roaring applause after, a lot of tears, and just, just tremendous. Greg Laurie yeah. gives a clear gospel message, you know, at the end, and uh, it's it's worth every bit. And grab your popcorn and your your slush here, whatever your favorite candy, and <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be blessed. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's so well done. Excellence is the right word for it. Of of, of all the Christian movies, I set aside The Passion of the Christ because that had Mel Gibson money. But of all the other Christian movies, nothing comes even close to the quality of this one. And then the fact that for the Irwins, again, they only tell true stories. And boy, it's just a, it's just an amazing story. And when Gina and I watched it months ago, I had an online screener at home. And we were both uh, driven to tears so many times, and we re- we were revisiting our own salvation as a result of watching it, which is always worth the time. Uh, but then also, Stu, at the end of the question, at the end of the movie, Gina looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she's like, "Who who who are the hippies today? Who are the people that we would not want to darken the door of our church because they just look the wrong way, act the wrong way, say the wrong things, and we think they're so far gone they could never come to Christ? And like they said in the movie, the hippies were looking a lot, looking for a lot of the right things, they were just looking in all the wrong places. A hundred percent, amen. And you know, Steve, it's just like when we interview missionaries. What do we always say? Well, if you can't go, give. If you can't, you know, give, pray. But somehow get involved. Well, that's how I'm. That's how I'm going to tell you with this Jesus Revolution movie. By all means, go to this movie. If you can't go to this movie, you're like, what does this have to do with me? You can pray because tonight, hundreds of thousands, arguably millions of people are going to be exposed yeah. to the good news that a loving Savior came for wretched sinners like me Amen. to save us from hell and to give us life right now. And that's the whole point of this movie. So everybody get involved and. Thank God for our buddy Greg Laurie, Steve. He's all Amen. over the Truth Network and all these great stations that carry your program. Just he, he's inviting people to Christ, so that's what we're to be doing. That's right. And we're I love what you said, Stu. 
I love what you said. We're just a couple of hippies that got saved by grace, and that's what we need to remember <laughs> about this culture. I love you, brother. Thanks so much for calling, and we'll talk to you real soon. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. So we're talking about spiritual life, revival, awakening. That's like um, with Jesus Revolution that opens nationwide. And uh, hold on a sec. I'm just typing something. So make sure you get out there and um, support it. This weekend, super important. I'll talk about it again at the end of the, at the, end of the show. But the opening weekend is so important in the movie business. It's got to come out. Uh, of the gate strong and when it does sometimes if it does well enough this weekend they'll actually add theaters to it it's already at at 2800 close to 3000 theaters which is a major theatrical release because John and Andy Irwin with Kingdom Story Company now work with Lionsgate that's a major you're like Lionsgate I've heard of that yeah there's so many movies you see are Lionsgate now so it's got some major money behind it and praise the Lord for it Uh, But now we have to do our part. They've done their part. We got to do our part and then pray and trust the Lord to do the rest. But this is, uh, I mean, you got the country, so many places, secular media all over the place. Jimmy Fallon, uh, late night show talking about Jesus revolution. I've never seen that before. So, and then what happened at uh, Asbury University, let's just be not just praying like about this, but sewing into it, get out there and support it. And, And this isn't just, you're not like taking one for the team here. You will be blessed. You'll love the movie. You'll be entertained. It'll touch your heart. It'll really convict you in terms of who are the hippies around us today. So it opens nationwide. Uh, So we talked about spiritual life. Let's talk about actual human life. It's a topic that is a regular uh, issue here on the Steve Noble Show. It always has been. It always will be as long as I have breath. And here in North Carolina, you know, you think once Roe versus Wade drops last uh, June, a year ago, coming up on a year. That, uh, wow, that's awesome, and it is, but in our state, because of the governor, uh, you can't get any pro-life legislation passed, but the governor's time, uh, tick-tock, tick-tock, he's going to be out of there uh, as we move towards that election in less than two years. And what's going on in the North Carolina State Legislature to turn us from, right now, abortions are actually up in North Carolina, we're kind of a destination But we need to be a strong pro-life state, and that's going to have to happen in the legislature. So our friends at NC Values uh, are working on this, as always. Laura Macklem is calling in today, uh, works with our friend Tammy Fitzgerald. Laura, thanks for calling. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm well. I'm doing well. Great. Thank you so much for calling. So give us an update. I, I think a lot of people, Laura, where uh, go back to June last year and hey, Roe versus Wade is, is over. And here North Carolina, certainly we're a conservative state. We have a conservative legislature. We have a majority. Uh, but yet the reality is we, we're not there yet. So give us an update and help us understand what's happening down at the legislature with respect to life. Sure. Right now we have there are two options being discussed. What we're, um, what we're proposing is a six-week heartbeat bill, and leadership is talking more about a 13-week bill. And let me tell you the differences, because it's really important. With a six-week bill um, and a 13-week are very significant differences. At 13 weeks, only 13% of unborn babies would be protected. But at six weeks, 86% of the unborn currently being aborted would be saved. So with a 13-week bill, 86% of the babies would still be aborted. And these aren't arbitrary numbers. These gestational points 
um, translate into life or death. Yeah, that's the thing. All right. Now, you know me well enough, Laura, that I don't, I'm not going to pull any punches. It is, it is, uh, it's incredibly disappointing that quote unquote, the leadership is going to lean towards a 13 week ban because that offends less people. It's easier to slip through, uh, but it ends up killing a whole lot more children. That's incredibly disappointing to me. And uh, I would use the word disgusting from a Christian perspective that they wouldn't stand as strong as they possibly could. Cause at six weeks, I mean, that's when most heartbeats are detected slightly before that. So you're saving 80, you're stopping 86% of abortions at six weeks. You're only stopping 13% at 13 weeks, which is great. That's important. But why would we not go for the 86? What's the holdup from a political standpoint? Why are they arguing over 13 versus 6? Well, let me tell you what we're hearing from pastors. They're frustrated because they say Republicans who they supported are not fighting for a six-week bill. Um, and I've heard some Republican legislators out speaking saying, we'll just do what the caucus wants. But the pro-life community you know, knocked on doors. They donated. They supported these candidates. Yep, that's right. And they expect a stronger response. Yeah, that's that's. It's really remarkable that. Uh, but we're talking about that now. We have a conservative. Uh, majority in the House and the Senate. But when it comes down to it, and they say the caucus, Laura, and they talk about leadership, at that point, we're, really, we're not talking about a huge number of people that are actually controlling this. Is that correct? Well, the caucus is meeting behind closed doors, right? and they're just talking about different options. So those are private meetings, um, but we're asking people to call their legislators, and we're actually having a National Day of Action, two National Days of Action, not National Days of Action, Legislative Days of Action next week on February 28th and March 1st between 9 and 1 at the legislator. Um and that's at the uh, 1,000 court of the legislative building. Yeah, right downtown Raleigh. And we're asking Raleigh. people to show up. Yep. And we're asking people to wear baby blue shirts and to mm. show up. And NC Values is going to be there giving instructions. And we're asking people to go talk to um, legislators and to promote a six-week bill over a 13-week bill. Uh, what One thing I try and tell the media, I'm trying to help people understand, at 13 weeks, the method of abortion is dismemberment. That's right. So the baby's arms and legs are being ripped off. And, you know, there are pr- prisoners of war have more human rights than unborn children. That's right. So this is really important. It just breaks my heart to think about what those unborn children go through. Oh, yeah. It's butchery. Nothing, it's nothing less than that. It's butchery. It's uh, satanic. It's, uh, uh, you know, you, you could talk about Nazi Germany and all their experimentation. I mean, it's 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 so horrendous. It's really shocking. Uh, remind us again. So which days are the Legislative Day of Action next week, Laura? February 28th and March 1st. Right, between so 9 Tuesday and, and 1. And we're, mm-hmm. Okay. 9 to 1. So, yeah, because the power of uh, it's so impactful when you show up at a, at the state legislature and you go see your particular House member and your Senate member face to face, even if you, if they're not there, if they're out of the office when you stop by, if they're down the hall, whatever. That has a huge impact, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. They need people need to show up and they need to tell them that, you know, this, there's a big difference here. Um, you know, a 13 week bill. Um will save 26,000 lives as opposed to the 4,000 lives of a 13-week bill. So this is a huge difference. 
And if we don't take action now, when are we going to take um, action? By 2024, the abortion industry in North Carolina will probably double or triple yeah. and will become even more of an abortion destination of the South. I mean, they're calling it abortion tourism, um, which is really unfortunate, but, but it, it is true. Oh, it's absolutely true. And then, like you mentioned before, the, uh, you know, we, we elected all of these conservatives in the North Carolina state legislature with the assumption uh, in a stated expression that, you know, this is going to be a pro-life state. Roe versus Wade falls. Then we get to the fall and we take we get to the elections in November and like, hey, we're, we're behind you. You're going to go after pro-life legislation that actually saves as many lives as possible. That's a six week bill. A 13 week bill is cowardly, spineless and pathetic. It's a it's a small move in the right direction, but when you have the if you when you have the majority, why would you not do the absolute right thing? Laura, thanks so much for calling in. We'll keep telling people about next week. God bless you. Thanks for your efforts. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. We'll be right back. I woke up this morning and I heard the news. I know the pain of a heart break. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, talking about one of the most important issues that we can talk about, uh, setting aside spiritual life itself, the salvation of a lost person. The life of an unborn child uh, shows up regularly on this show. It's been a part of everything I've done ministry-wise since 2004, and it will remain so in the state of, this, the, the, of, the, of what's going on here in North Carolina, where they've working, they're looking at two different pieces of legislation, a 13-week bill, which is what the leadership wants, which I think is cowardly. So you would uh, ban abortions starting at 13 weeks. The vast majority of abortions happen before that. So if you have a 13-week ban, uh, you're only taking out 13% of the abortions that are happening. If you have a six-week ban, which is the heartbeat bill, as soon as you have a discernible heartbeat, you can't do an abortion. Uh, and at that point, if you have a six-week bill, uh, you're, you're reducing abortion in North Carolina by 86%. So why in the world would anybody that claims to be pro-life, and especially if they claim to be a Christian, why would they settle for 13 and not go for six? I don't understand that. What's our response? How do we handle that? Uh, Pastor Jonathan Burris is at uh, New Center Christian Church in Seagrove, North Carolina, which is near Ashboro, and uh, standing up for life as all, every pastor should. But, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for calling in. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. And this is, uh, you know, you could probably hear as I got us into this segment, uh, my emotion on this and my position on this. But as a pastor and somebody that's that teaches the flock and leads the flock, uh, how do we respond to this? Because, you know, we, we supported a bunch of these people. We voted for a bunch of these people. Uh, our, our mutual friend in your neck of the woods, Neil Jackson's down there. We have all kinds of people that we really appreciate. Neil's doing an awesome job, but there's a lot of other people, quite frankly, that aren't. So, so help us understand this from a pastoral biblical perspective. Uh, how, do, how do we approach this? What should we do, Jonathan? Well, that's a great question. And the first thing we need to remember is what Speaker Moore said the day after the Dobbs ruling. He said North, Carolina, North Carolinians can expect pro-life protections to be a top priority of the legislature when we return to normal legislation in January. We should hold them to their word. That's the first priority. And, and number two, we should understand that, as your last guest said, North Carolina has become a, a, an abortion tourism destination. Yeah. Just looking at the abortion clinics, the Planned Parenthood in Asheville and Charlotte from August of last year compared to the year prior, 
we see jumps of 74 and 52 percent increases in out-of-state uh, people coming in for abortions in the state. It's gotten worse in North Carolina. And, and what do we do? Well, we have two options. Do we wait for a total ban or do we try to pass a heartbeat bill? Now, I'm an abortion abolitionist, as many others are. We want the total eradication of abortion, but we've got to be willing to accept that it may have to be achieved in multiple steps. And looking at that, we know that we missed the supermajority number of 72 in uh, November of last year. We didn't get there. And so if we can save some, we should. Just because we cannot save them all doesn't mean we sit around and do nothing. Right. If we can, if we can push a six-week bill, if we can push a heartbeat bill, what, you know, six-week, whatever, when, as soon as it's detectable, then, as you said, we can save so many thousands of lives. And so we're asking people to pray for their legislator, legislators. We're asking them to connect with their representatives in the North Carolina General Assembly. And lastly, we're asking everyone next week to post a 30-second video on Monday, as early as Monday, voicing your support for a heartbeat bill in North Carolina, and we want it to spread like wildfire. Yeah, and that's that's just us stepping up to play, doing something that I would say is a is a minimum requirement for a follower of Jesus Christ. So that's mm-hmm. great. Thir- so come, on Monday, thirty second video, I'll I'll definitely cut one and get that out there and challenge other people to do the same. And then the legislative day of action is next Tuesday and Wednesday, February twenty eighth, March first, from nine to one p.m. We were talking to Laura about that down at the legislature in the in Raleigh, and that's a where baby blue, and we're down there fighting for the heartbeat bill, which is the six week bill. Uh, Pastor, help, help me understand from your perspective. Listen, if there's past, quote unquote pastors out there, quote unquote churches out there that don't think abortion is a sin, that's not a pastor and it's not a church. So I'm going to set those aside. Uh, but all the pastors that actually do preach the word, that are following the Lord, that do believe in his word, yet they don't speak up and speak out about this particular issue. Why is that still a problem? Oh, my. Great question. And I think there's a myriad of answers to that. And I think one of the biggest ones is uh, we have the liberalization of Christianity in today's modern culture. It has been so watered down, so washed down, that that it that we do not live according to Scripture. And so when the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, and when the Bible speaks of the sanctity of life, and when it talks about we as the image bearers of God, the, the value of every human life, we must take that seriously. But if we do not take the Word of God seriously, then we're certainly not going to take this seriously either. Yeah, and it's remarkable on that note, Jonathan. We're talking to Pastor Jonathan Burris from New Center Christian Church in Seagrove, North Carolina. And God bless you, brother, for your stand and your boldness. And, and knowing the facts like you do is so important. Uh, but but for us in the pew, for people in the pew, uh, Jonathan, I mean, I, I think a lot of people think, well, I'm just one person. I can't make much of a difference. What does it matter if I post a 30-second video? But I don't think they understand that you as an individual, plus the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's Word, can actually be a pretty formidable force, can't it? Absolutely. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to build a ground uh, uh, just a huge swell of support from the ground up, so a ground roots campaign. Uh, and we want to do this on Monday because of the days that you mentioned later in the week that we can influence those decision makers, and not just the Republicans, but we must have some Democrats to swing uh, over to our side yeah. to to make it a reality so that it is uh, so it's a veto proof. 
Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Where do we need the dem? Because we because we do have a supermajority in one chamber versus the other. So, what's mm-hmm. kind of the lay of the land there in terms of where we? Because that because there are some there are some Democrats out there that I think truly struggle with the fact that they make a profession of faith. They they in fact might be believers. There's so much pressure from their party. But on something like this, I mean, you do not know what the Lord could do. So don't write off a Democrat just because they have a D next to them. But but Absolutely. which chamber? So we have we, we have the, we, we have the magic number thirty in the in the, in the Senate. We are one shy of 70, 72 in the uh, in the in the House, and so we definitely need uh, some some House uh, Democrats to vote with us. Yeah, and we don't we don't need many. How many do we? How many are we off by for a veto proof majority in the House? Uh, we need, we missed it by one. <laughs> yeah, so we should at the very least uh, pray into the House of Representatives here in the state of North Carolina and pray for one God-fearing Democrat to cross the line and do the right thing. But And especially, Jonathan, for anybody listening to us across the state, especially if you have a house, if your House member is a Democrat, uh, you need to get to know them uh, in the next few days. You need to talk to them earnestly, kindly, compassionately. But boy, that, what a great opportunity that is, Just not just for the life issue, but for the gospel issue too. And we should do that, shouldn't we? Absolutely, and not just and, and not just the Democrats that we need to swing uh, over to our side, but we also need to be in front of and praying for our Republican leadership yeah, because right. at the end of the day, if they're not for it, then it's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's just a sad reality. And then we all have to be willing to, in another couple of years, anybody that drops the ball on this issue that's a Republican uh, in a couple of years, we need to be willing to hold them accountable, which means replacing them. And it's not... Uh, this isn't always a pretty game in the political world, but it is what it is, and, and especially when it comes to the, the the issue of life, we should be willing to be bold and get a little bit of un, uh, uncomfortable there. Uh, and, and Pastor, again, uh, just for people in the Seagrove, uh, North Carolina area, which is near Ashborough, just uh, give them an invitation. There's not enough pastors out there that know what they're talking about, that have the courage of their convictions and are bold like the Lion of Judah, Judah but you obviously are. So just invite people in that area that are listening to us to come out to your church. Yes, sir. We would love to have anyone in the Seagrove or the southern Randolph County area, the northwestern Moore County, northern Montgomery County area to come out and visit with us on this particular Sunday, and uh, especially as I'll be dealing with this issue of abortion and uh, and offering my support and asking my people to prayerfully support and get involved in uh, the passing of a heartbeat bill in North Carolina in this legislative session. Yeah, it's so awesome. And what's the website for New Center Christian Church? newcenterchurch.org nice and simple newcenterchurch.org pastor jonathan thank you so much my my brother for calling in thank you for what you're doing for the cause of life and the kingdom god bless you man thank you for all you do brother all right you're welcome thanks so much and uh, and you gotta just listen to all that okay if you have a democrat house member in your district that represents you uh call them and you don't don't be a nasty jerk that's what they're going to expect you to be anyway but just call and say, hey, uh, first of all, and by the way, you should go to pray1tim2.org if you need a little reminder, a little help praying for those in authority over us, which is not a suggestion from God's word. That's a command. Pray1tim2.org, uh, our friends at Capital Commission. And then get on that list so you can start praying for legislators five days a week. Or se- actually, I think it's seven days a week, but definitely five. And, and then call and just say, hey, uh, don't say I'm praying for you unless you're not. But I appreciate your service. 
uh, to our to our district and to our state. I want to talk to you about this heartbeat bill. I, I, I want to I want to see first of all if you support uh, unborn human life. Do you support the babies? And I just want to encourage you if you do to be bold, to be courageous, and vote for the heartbeat bill, the six week bill when it comes out. We we got to make phone calls. We'll do the videos on Monday. I'll do my own and push it out there. Pray, but act as well. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. So appreciative. Laura Macklem calling in from NC Values and then Pastor Jonathan Burris from New Center Christian Church in Seagrove, North Carolina. Uh, next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, that's February 28th and March 1st, uh, Day of Legislative Action. Uh, great job, Morgan, by the way. Uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the state legislature in downtown Raleigh. And just come out, wear baby blue if you can. Find out who your legislator is in the House and the Senate and just stop by and see them. If you can get here and you can be a part of that, just consider that a, a sacrifice of praise because that's what it is. And and I was saying this on the break for everybody on Facebook Live. We're not on Rumble today, uh, but we'll be back on Monday. But you know, what's the minimum acceptable level of worship out of a follower of Jesus Christ with respect to the life issue in America? And in North Carolina, like uh, Pastor Jonathan was reminding us, out-of-state abortions, people coming from out-of-state to get an abortion here, are up between 50 and 70%. We are an abortion destination. We are a bloody sandals resort. That's what we are. Because... We have a godless governor. Because I, how do you know he's godless, Steve? Listen, I don't know the state of Governor Cooper's soul in terms of salvation. But I can look at his fruit, and his fruit is rotten on this issue. All right? I'm not judging his soul, but I'm judging he is not a God-fearing man. Because how could you call yourself a Christian on one hand and have a, have a seat of authority like the governor of a state and be protecting the institution of child sacrifice. All of that, none of that stuff can work together. If you're gonna, if you're actually a Christian, you, how do you do that? I, I'll go to my grave with that question. I just don't, I don't understand any person that's actually a believer that is an ardently pro-life, ardently, like no brainer. But yet there, there he is. I don't think he makes any big claims to be a Christian, but I'm sure that he would probably consider himself one. So that's just inexcusable and disgusting. So setting that aside, we have to, isn't this sad? We have to pound our own legislature, not all of them, but the leadership of the Republican Party, they want to take the easy way, 13-week ban, which only gets rid of 13% of abortions, as opposed to standing up for what they should do next, which should be a six-week heartbeat bill. As soon as you have a discernible heartbeat or at six weeks, it's it's illegal in the state of North Carolina, which would stop 86% of all abortions and put a bunch of these uh, killing field organizations out of business and wouldn't that be awesome but it's not comfortable and it's not easy so call your legislator in the house and the senate and if you can show up in downtown raleigh next week tuesday and wednesday uh, and go make them uncomfortable like ronald reagan said you make them see the light or you make them feel the heat and like tim moore the most powerful republican in the legislature to say what he said which is what pastor jonathan said after the win, 
hey, that's the top of the top of the list, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to say, yeah, we're still doing pro-life top of the list. We're talking about um, But he's a 13-week guy. Inexcusable, pathetic, spineless. There you go. I said it. And I vote Republican. But <laughs> I'm not a Republican first. I'm a Christian first. Okay. So today is the uh, one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So what's going on there? I've been talking about this a lot in my classes with my civics students as well as my U.S. history students because this is a big deal in both. We've given uh, $46.6 billion to Ukraine in the last year in military aid uh, and a whole bunch of other dollars after the total is $76.8 billion. We've done humanitarian, financial. We're, like we're paying some of their uh, um, uh, government employee pensions, funds, loans, all kinds of stuff, right? But $46.6 billion in military aid. Well, what does that buy you? Well, let me just give you some examples. This is actually a list. I put this link up on Facebook earlier today. How Ukraine is tapping the U.S. arsenal. U.S. security assistance between January 20th, 2020 and February 20th, 2023. Uh, let's just, I'm just going to give you a few. Uh, infantry arms and equipment. 8,500 Javelin anti-armor systems. 54,000 other anti-armor systems and munitions. 1,600 Stinger anti-aircraft systems. 2,500 tow missiles. 13,000 grenade launchers and small arms. 75,000 sets of body armor and helmets. Okay. Uh, what else? Air defense. One Patriot air defense battery and munitions. Eight NASAM systems. 12 Avenger air defense systems. Two Hawk air defense units and munitions. Uh, Air-to-ground missiles, high-speed anti-radiation missiles, those are harms. Precision aerial munitions, we've given them 20 M-17 helicopters. We've given them uh, 700 switchblade drones, those things are nasty. 1,800 Phoenix Ghost drones, these are all explosive. We've given them 160, 155 millimeter howitzers and ammunition. 72, 105 millimeter howitzers, and so on and so forth. 50,122 millimeter grad rockets, okay? Surveillance drones, coastal defense, radar and communications, tanks and armored carriers, 109 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, four Bradley fire support team vehicles, 31 Abrams tanks. I thought we weren't giving them tanks. Mm-hmm. Right. We are. And the list goes on and on and on. And on the other end, on the, on the Russian side, 60,000 dead, 200,000 injured. Do you think Vladimir Putin right now considers America, that he's at war with America and, the, and America's proxy is Ukraine? Yeah, to a certain extent, that's exactly what's going on. And then uh, while Biden might think it makes him look tough going to Ukraine on Monday, showing up on President's Day with President Zelensky in Ukraine, uh, might think that makes him look tough. I just think it makes him look like he's trying to make up ground for allowing a Chinese spy satellite to loft its way across the country, the balloon that loft its way across the country for a week and then shoot it down. So you got to come back and not look so inept. So I'm a big bad dude. I'm just going to jump over to Ukraine. Of course, they told Russia he was coming because you've got to avoid any kind of international incident mistake there. But China's watching all this. They're looking at us. They're looking at Ukraine. They're looking at Russia. They're looking at, they're looking at Biden. And then out of the other eye, they're looking at Taiwan. What, you know, what do you, what do you think? What's Biden going to do? Now they're talking about sending more troops and everything to Taiwan. Now, some people say, well, you have to stop Vladimir Putin. Otherwise, he's going to just keep marching across Europe. No, he isn't. He, he can't afford to do that. He can, he can afford to keep messing with Ukraine. And Ukraine's a big producer of wheat. They have other natural resources. They have ports. It is not great for the world for Vladimir Putin to take a significant portion of Ukraine. I think they're going to end up having to have some peace negotiations at some point, And he's not leaving uh, with nothing. 
But the point is, with America, we're defending Ukrainian sovereignty, and we don't give a rip. The Biden administration doesn't give a rip about our own on the southern border. It's pathetic. And, and we're the ones, we're the big dogs, as always. U.S. aid to Ukraine far exceeds that from other countries. We're way out there. The next one that even comes close at just over $30 billion is EU institutions. That's all of them. Okay, so United Kingdom, Germany, Canada, Poland, they all go down there next to nothing. It's us, as always. As always. But the, our country's falling apart, but yet Joe Biden's Johnny on the spot when it comes to Ukraine. Now, I think you help Ukraine. They should have helped them a while ago, and then let them defend themselves. But now, now it's just completely out of control. And Biden's got a train wreck here, so he's looking for something he can call a win, so we're over there. But, it, it, I mean, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. There's no question about that. But anybody that thinks Vladimir Putin's going to start rolling across Europe, he just doesn't have the ability to do it. And then China's over there the whole time watching us, see what we're willing to do. So this is a very dangerous situation. Um, pray that it ends. Pray that it comes to a peaceful resolution. And, uh, and, and don't uh, get distracted by that. Keep your eye on China because that's a big deal, and we have to keep paying attention to that. But this is something we should be praying into uh, you know, as often as the Lord brings it to your uh, memory. Just pray for peace in Ukraine, for a cessation of the hostilities, and for our, le- our own leadership here in America. But again, the danger here is Vladimir Putin can easily make a case that America's fighting a proxy war, and the proxy is Ukraine. Sure looks that way, doesn't it? And we're going to keep sending more stuff, and pretty soon... Mark my words, we're going to send them some high-end aircraft, F-15s, F-16s, F-18s. It's bad. Uh, But one day, when the king returns, he'll settle all accounts, and this will be a distant memory. And praise the Lord for that. But that's only good news for you if you know him, which is why, let me finish up one more time, the Jesus Revolution, one more time, actually happened, late 60s, early 70s, the last nationwide uh, awakening we saw revival in churches like Chuck Smith's church, which is a big part of the story, gave birth to Greg Laurie's ministry, which is all around the world. I work with them in the Harvest Crusades for six years. We did a huge Harvest Crusade here in Raleigh in 2007. I've literally, personally, in person, seen tens of thousands of people come to faith in Christ. That's because that all that fruit's coming off the tree of the beginning of the Jesus Revolution, which is what the Jesus Revolution movie is about. It's inspiring. And it, and it hopefully leads you, it will leave you for a longing for revival and awakening. And when you see something like what we saw at Asbury, which is still going on, Asbury University in Kentucky, and now other schools and students, just let's pray, please, Lord, bring another Jesus revolution, another Jesus movement, especially to the young people. That generation, the 30 and under generation, is a mess. It's a mess. And they're looking at all kinds of places like the hippies did. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. They're looking for meaning in all the wrong places. They're trying to satisfy themselves in all the wrong ways. And like the hippies, it's not working, which is why they have so much anxiety, so much depression, suicide rates, which we've talked about recently. It's a nightmare. And the only solution for them is the only solution that's ever been available to solve these problems. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the renewal of somebody's life through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. 
And the Jesus Revolution movie puts that front and center. It'll encourage you. It'll entertain you. And then ask yourself the question as you leave the theater this weekend, because we got to get behind it this weekend. Who are the hippies in my life? Who are the people that I've written off? 